Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast, the podcast intended to provide you with brief, important, big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I am your host, Gilda Harris, and I'm a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you're made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get on to the next episode. Today's episode of Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast will begin a four-part series on tissues. Please recall that way back in episode one, I discussed that tissues are a collection of cells. Tissues are a collection of similar specialized cells and cell products that perform specific functions. The study of tissue is called histology. There are four distinct types of tissues and over the next four episodes, we will focus on an individual type of tissue. The four types of tissue are called epithelial, connective, muscle, and nervous tissue. The content of this episode will cover epithelial tissue. Epithelial tissues are widespread throughout the body. They form the covering of all body surfaces such as your skin. They line body cavities and hollow organs. They are also the major tissues in glands. Epithelial tissues have a variety of functions including providing physical protection, controlling the permeability of the surface that they line, provide sensation and produce specialized secretions depending on their location. You can look at your skin and see all of these functions at work. Your skin provides a physical protection from the outside world by providing a barrier. Your skin controls the permeability of certain substances. If you ever worked with chemicals, then you'll know that some are more dangerous than others because of their ability to absorb through the skin. People that work with commercial grade pesticides have to make sure they are covered head to toe because pesticides can permeate the skin and cause burns and systemic issues. Some medications take advantage of selective skin permeability, such as nitroglycerin patches that people may wear to prevent chest pain. Your skin provides sensations such as a feeling of an ant crawling on your arm. You also have specialized secretions through your skin such as your sweat from your armpits and oils on your face. All epithelial tissues have certain characteristics that make them unique. They have polarity. They have unique cell junctions. They attach to a basement membrane. They are avascular. They are able to regenerate quickly. Polarity means that the epithelial tissues have an apical surface and a basal surface. The apical surface faces outside, either outside of the body or into the hollow areas of an organ. The basal surface is deeper and provides the anchor to the underlying structures. The apical surface may have microvilli or cilia, which are projections from the surface to increase absorption, secretions, and movement across the surface of the tissues. Remember that tissues are a collection of cells. In order for your epithelial tissues to provide a solid sheet of cells to protect you from the outside environment, 
these cells need to be tightly adhered to one another and to the basement membrane so that there are no gaps. These cells are held tightly in place to their neighboring cells by cell adhesion molecules, also known as CAMs, and proteoglycans, which are a sort of intracellular cement. Desmosomes and hemidesmosomes are two types of CAMs. Desmosomes hold neighboring cells together, while hemidesmosomes adhere cells to the underlying basement membrane to keep them in place. Epithelial tissues are avascular, meaning there is no direct blood supply to them. Instead, they receive nutrients through diffusion of substances through the underlying basement membrane. This is why you can get a slight paper cut that only penetrates through a few cells of the skin's surface and it won't bleed. Epithelial tissues are able to regenerate quickly. The epithelial cells have some of the fastest turnover rates in the body. This is because epithelial cells are constantly exposed to damaging things such as UV light from the sun and the acidic environment from the stomach and even hot liquids that can burn your mouth. In order for epithelial tissues to maintain the correct cell numbers, the number of cells that die need to be replaced. If there are too few cells, then the remaining ones stretch out to cover the loss of their neighbors. And this signals the body to make more cells. The opposite is true if there are too many cells. Having too many cells leads to overcrowding and this signals the body to kill off some of the other cells. If this process is interrupted and cells are allowed to continue living when they should be killed or too many new cells are made, tumors may form. Tumors and malignant cancer form from the loss of control over cell growth. Carcinoma is the name given to cancers formed from epithelial cells. Carcinoma can form in the epithelial tissue of the breast, the prostate, skin, pancreas, kidneys, and other organs. In fact, carcinoma is the most common type of cancer, accounting for 80 to 90% of all cancers diagnosis. There are multiple ways to classify epithelial tissues. You can classify them based on their shape or on their layering. If the cells in the epithelial tissue are flat and thin, they are called squamous epithelial tissue. If they are square-shaped, then they are called cuboidal epithelial tissue. When they are tall, slender, rectangle, it is called columnar epithelial tissue. When there is a single layer of cells, it is called simple. When the cells are stacked on one another into multiple layers, it is called stratified. When classifying epithelial tissues, you actually use both names, so a single layer of thin flat cells would be called simple squamous epithelial tissue, where stack layers of square shaped cells would be stratified cuboidal epithelial tissue. Simple squamous epithelial tissue is commonly found lining blood vessels and portions of the kidney tubules. This thin layer reduces friction and controls the permeability of blood vessels and kidney reabsorption. Stratified squamous epithelial tissue is found on the surface of the skin and the lining of your mouth, throat, and esophagus. 
this thicker tissue provides a physical barrier against abrasion and pathogens. Simple cuboidal epithelial tissue lines, glands and ducts and functions in secretion. Stratified cuboidal epithelial tissue is rare and found in lining of some ducts. There is a special kind of tissue in the bladder called transitional tissue. When the bladder is empty, the tissue is stratified cuboidal appearance, but as the bladder fills with urine and stretches, the tissues flatten and looks like stratified squamous microscopically. This kind of tissue is important in the bladder as it allows constant stretching and relaxing without damage. Simple columnar epithelial tissue lines the stomach and the intestines. It has small finger-like projections from its apical surface called microvilli that help with absorption of nutrients from your food. Stratified columnar epithelial tissue isn't found many places. The mammary gland salivary gland ducts contain this rare form of epithelial tissue. There is one other type of columnar epithelial tissue that is an anomaly. It is called pseudostratified columnar because it looks like there's stacks in layers in the cross-section, but really is just one layer. This type of tissue has cilia on its apical surface. These cilias move back and forth to help movement of secretion. This type of tissue is found in the nasal cavity, the trachea, the bronchii, and waving cilia helps move the mucus around. Last but not least, let's talk more about glands. Remember, glands are a collection of epithelial cells that produce secretions. Endocrine glands secrete their substance into bloodstream and don't have ducts. Exocrine glands secrete their substance through the ducts onto the epithelial surface. We will focus on exocrine glands now. The endocrine system will have its own episode later. Glands can be characterized based on their structures. Glands made up of only one specialized cells are called unicellular glands. And cells that are made up of multiple cells are called multicellular glands. An example of unicellular exocrine gland is the goblet cell, which is a single cell found within the epithelia of the intestines that secretes mucin into the hollow openings of the intestines. This mucin helps protect the surface layer of the intestines. Multicellular exocrine glands are a little more complex and have their own classification system. If the duct of the gland is undivided, then it is called simple. And if, it, if the duct divides into multiple paths, then it's called compound. You can also classify based on the shape of the, uh, the secretory portion of the gland. It can be tubular, which is tube-shaped, or it can be alveolar, which is more rounder, cul-de-sac in shape. Multicellular exocrine glands are found in the intestines and are also in the sweat glands, oil glands, mammary glands. Glands also have three different methods in which they can secrete their product. These methods are named merocrine, apocrine, and holocrine. In merocrine secretion, the product to be secreted is packaged into vesicles and released from the apical surface of the cell. This occurs in the salivary gland as you make saliva. In apocrine secretion, the apical portion of the cytoplasm 
fills with vesicles and inclusions and breaks off entirely. Once it has detached from the basal surface of the cell, this, the repair process begins to replace it before another round of secretion can commence. This occurs in the mammary glands when making milk. In holocrine secretion, the most superficial cells in the stack burst to release its contents. The entire cell must be replaced through mitosis from the underlying stem cells. This occurs in the sebaceous glands which release oil onto your hair follicles. I think we have spent enough time with epithelial tissue. In the next episode, we will continue our discussion about tissues when we tackle connective tissue. As always, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to this episode to ensure that they are continued in their production.